Good morning. Did you hear me? It is good to be here with you this morning. God bless you. And to have the opportunity to share the Word of God. And uh, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know what the schedule was today. And uh, we got to the point where we normally have a children's uh, session here. And I thought, oh, mercy, he forgot to tell me something. But I'm glad I didn't have to get up there and make a fool of myself because the kids know more than I do sometimes, don't they? God bless you. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to share in this, in this service and uh, to have the pastor here to uh, kind of pray for me as we go along. And uh, I am grateful for the music that we had this morning. Bless your hearts, girl and boy. I appreciate that. Appreciate that very much. I'm going to invite you now, as does the pastor every Sunday, to stand with me as we read the first psalm. Psalms 1 is going to be our, our uh, just a passage of scripture that I want to use as a springboard to where we're headed in our message this morning. And listen carefully as I read, and I read the King James Version. I, I grew up with that. Uh, I've used it for over 60 years, and it, I, I have other translations, but I always go back to the King James. So this is what the Scripture says. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor setteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the river of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whether he doth doeth shall prosper, and whatever he should do, will prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Again, God, I ask for your special blessing upon this portion of our service today. Lead with your Holy Spirit. Guide our hearts and our thoughts. And I give you praise for that, even now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. I want to ask you a question this morning as we begin our discussion. Having read that passage of Scripture, uh, what really is faith? May I ask that question again to get you thinking about it? What really is faith? Eh? Believing? Okay. Well, we read Psalms 1, 
But I want to draw your attention to another passage of scripture in the Psalms. David prayed, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out all my transgressions. That was Psalms 51.1. We just read in the first Psalm that the ungodly will perish, but the godly will be blessed. Amen? The first step that I think about when I think about forgiveness and I think about blessing is the fact that you must be forgiven by God having asked for forgiveness of God, which is faith. Now, I've kind of twisted some words there, but understand what I'm saying. Understand what I'm saying. The first step of forgiveness is faith. Without faith, you will have no forgiveness. What it means, you've got to believe in what God has done for us already. You must believe that God has provided for us in every sense of the word. He has provided not only the blessing of his love, which has been given to us by the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, who went to the cross, died for us there, rose from the grave, and is now right at the right hand of God to intercede in our behalf. Amen. Now, in the Old Testament, the word faith is found uh, just two times. And uh, I, I believe I'm right. I, I, uh, I didn't ask the pastor to give me a correction on this, but I really found only two verses of Scripture in the Old Testament where the word faith is actually expressed. The first of those is in Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter, verse 20, and this is what it says. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are very forward generation, children in whom is no faith. Sounds like we're talking about our modern day, does it not? Sounds very much like we're talking about today. The other scripture is found in Habakkuk, the second chapter, verse 4, which reads, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Now, that's quoted a number of times in the New Testament, but it's first said in Habakkuk. This is speaking of the king of Babylon, the Babylonians, okay? And it was a judgment uh, between that which is, is right and that which is wrong. Those living by faith were those right. And in his judgment, the king's judgment, Psalms 37.3, 
I'm going to use a lot of scripture today, so I hope you will be able to follow me a little bit. Psalms 37.3 reads, Trust in the Lord and do good. And the word trust there, beloved, the word trust means faith. If I were to read it that way, trust in the Lord and do good. With faith, follow the Lord. In faith, trust in the Lord. Have faith in the Lord. And the rest of that verse says, verily thou shalt be fed. Amen. Now that doesn't mean physically, it could, but it means spiritually. Having been fed and given an understanding of the, of the purpose and will of God for your life. As God would lead you. If the word faith is only found two times in the Old Testament, it doesn't mean that there's not other references that are used. There, there are many things that are said in the New Old Testament that ref, makes reference to the faith of the children of Israel. Remember Abraham? I could spend all day in, with Abraham, uh, but we talk about Abraham. Abraham just found favor with God, did he not? And he, by faith, trusted in God. God drew, told him, I'm going to send you into another place. I'm going to give you a land, and your descendants are going to possess that land forever and ever. And Abraham had no children. He wasn't even married at that time. Right? But he and his Sarah left Ur of Chaldees, moved up to Haran, and there they settled, and God led them from that point into possessing the land which he had given to him and to his descendants forever and ever. Now, folks, that's faith. I don't know about you, but how many times have you uh, had an opportunity to do something that might have profited you, but you chose not to take that opportunity and uh, wished later that you would have you had would have done so? I have. I have, and I don't think I'm any different than anybody else. Abraham believed, and in believing, he had faith. Believing there meaning he had faith in what God was going to do for him and through him and by him in the possessing of the promised land. Okay. But there was many references in the Old Testament. My, I, I began to look up, and, and uh, one of those was David. You remember David? David was a man of God. He was a man of faith. But like all, all of us, at one point or another, he did something that was very, very against the will of God, did he not? But that didn't change his faith. What did David pray? David prayed, I pray God that you will forgive me. I have sinned against you and you alone. That's all of us, folks. When we sin, we think, well, I, I've wronged somebody else. Well, we do that. 
but really, we and truly, we are sinning against God. Sinning against God. But there's so many others that in, we could refer to over and over and over in Scripture. Now, <clears throat> what I'm talking about now, I'm, I'm moving up to the New Testament. We could talk about the Old Testament forever and ever and ever, and I, I, uh, I don't want to keep you past uh, uh, 1 o'clock anyway, okay? Uh, I don't know where you're going for lunch, but if I, if I want to preach on and on and on, uh, you'll have to take me to lunch because they'll stop feeding over where I live, okay? But think about the New Testament now, uh, and it's it's, there's some real um, prominent uh, expressions of faith in the New Testament. In fact, the Greek, in the Greek, the New Testament, it, 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 listen to this. It was used in the Greek, and I, I would not even attempt to tell you how that is pronounced. Now, pastor would understand that. But there's, there's verbs, there's nouns, there's different uh, references to, uh, to the, uh, uh, the, the word uh, uh, faith, okay? But let me just tell you, 240 times in the New Testament versus two times in the Old Testament, you read the word faith. Now, why is that so? God had a plan, did he not? Starting with Abraham, but God had a plan, and it began to come to uh, a, a head, so to speak, in the New Testament when he offered his own son as a sacrifice for our sins. 240 times. That's the total. But think about that. 240 times in the New, Test Old New Testament, two times in the Old Testament, and there's many other references that we could refer to. Now, the central teaching about the, in the New Testament, and this is something I want you to hear, is the fact that God sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the theme, that's the message that's the central message and, and, uh, and intent of God. He sent his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting, everlasting life. But to do that, to have that, to experience that is to have faith in God's plan and purpose for our lives. Amen? Faith that lives. Amen. The first step, we mentioned that a minute ago, the first step of forgiveness is faith. Is faith. What does John 3.16 say? Oh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Beloved, that takes faith. That takes faith to believe that what Jesus did for us provides everlasting life. Do I hear an amen? Amen. 
What does believe mean there in that verse of Scripture? When it says, he, if you believe, you shall not perish but have everlasting life. It is to have faith. Have faith in what God has done for us. Remember the experience of the woman that was uh, uh, following Jesus when Jesus was uh, coming into the city. I'm not going to go all the, all the way through it. But what did she do? She had a, 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 a condition in her life that she'd had for years. And it, it was a blood issue. And she knew that all she knew was that if she just touched the hem of Jesus' garment, that she would be healed. Now, what is that called? Faith. That called faith. Okay? In Matthew 9, 22, it says, when the verse, in, Jesus turned about, and when he saw her, what did he say? Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made you whole. Beloved, as you seek to your, in your life to serve the Lord Jesus, or maybe you're here today and you've never accepted the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, may I say to you, it takes faith to believe that God did what he did, and he did it just for you. I believe that. I really believe that. If I were the only one that needed to be saved... I really do believe that my Jesus would have gone to the cross just for me. Do you believe that? Sure you do if you have faith that he died for you. Amen? But he died for all people. Isn't that marvelous? All who have lived previous, who lived at that moment, and now living even in the future. Right. In John's gospel, faith is prominently placed in John's, John's messages, right? He uses the faith, the expression of faith, 98 times in his book of John. In Romans 1.16, Paul does this. He makes a strong statement, does he not, of the importance of faith in his messages. And this is what he what reads, and I want, let me just share this, if for a moment. It says, this is Paul speaking now. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek, which means the Gentiles. And that's Weans, right? My folks are from Arkansas. And Weans is a good expression. All right. It's for all of us. All right. Faith is not spoken here, but is implied here. What does it say? For the power of God is unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Didn't we say a minute ago, believeth means what? Faith. I got this out of a commentary, and I'm going to give the, uh, give, give the commentary credit here. Faith is clearly one of the most important concepts in the whole New Testament. Faith means abandoning all trust in one's own resources. 
I left a little earlier from our Sunday school class while David was still teaching, and, and uh, there was some good, uh, good comments today. I, I really do appreciate that, Brother David, uh, and some of you that made comments. But what were we talking about in that, passage, that scripture today in our Sunday school class? Well, we talked about God providing, and as long as we served God by faith, and not take on all the other idols of the world, God would bless us, would he not? And that's the scriptures, that's what this, this commentary note says. Faith means casting yourself. Now, just think about this. Unreservedly on the mercy and the love of God. To believe that really God is in control. I don't know. We're living in a world where I, I question uh, not that God is not in control. I'm questioning that we believe God is not in, that God is in control. We're allowing a lot of other things happen, but God's still in control. What he's doing and going to do that's God's business, isn't it? That's God's business. Faith implies complete, now, hear me. Faith implies complete reliance on God with full obedience to what God really wants us to be and do. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your soul. Isn't that what the scripture said? Yeah, believing that he is in control, right? But faith also means that we have to be obedient to God, obedient to his word, trusting in him, relying upon him, knowing that the leadership of the Holy Spirit is directed to us for our benefit and for our direction in life. Now, I want to think about something for a moment. I have in my possession at my room back in, in where I live a full set of, of, uh, of Bill Gaither's, uh, well, what they call homecoming, uh, uh, what's the, what are they, oh, help me here. It's the CD is the one that doesn't show a picture. Uh, what's the other one? Pardon? DVD. Yeah. Okay, now you know where I come from. I'm way back there. Okay, DVDs. I have a whole set of them, 10 of them. There's 10 of them. I, I listen to them all the time. I, I, I play them over and over and over again. I, uh, I, it, just, it just blesses my soul. But I had one in which the quartet was, well, at, uh, at, at, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, it was a quartet that had been of old-timers years ago. George, George uh, Johns, is that his nerd? Is that right? Am I saying that right? Anyway, he was one of them. But the, the, that particular quartet had disbanded because two of the members had passed away. Now they have what they call the Old Friends Quartet. 
And in that old French quartet is a young man, and he was only 24 years of age, a tenor. Oh, man, uh, a tenor that just hit that high note. Listen, I tell you what, that just, every time he hits that high note, well, there's a number of them and on the different, uh, different uh, DVDs, right? Okay. Uh, they will do that. Uh, they're beautiful songs. But anyway, this young man sang a hymn. Well, all of them in the quartet did, but he had the lead, uh, what you call the lead, I guess. Is that correct? Okay. And when he gets to the point where he's closing out that, that, that song, and the song is titled, if you will, uh, well, I'm going to tell you. It's on the DVD. But anyway, let me tell you what he sings, and then you'll know, okay? What he sings as a conclusion, and he goes way up. He says, prayer is the keys to heaven. And then he says with a beautiful high tenor voice, but faith opens the door. Beloved, that's the key to what I'm wanting to share here this morning. Faith is what we express in God's presence to benefit us personally, to answer the needs of our lives. You can pray all you want to, but without faith, it don't open a door. Well, the Lord Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes unto the Father but by me. Beloved, that requires faith. And I, call, I close with this thought, too. He, and he alone, is the way, the truth, and the life. Right? And nobody comes unto the Father but by Jesus. My question of all of us here this morning is, what faith have you expressed? in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you believe that he is the Christ? He says it, does he not? I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and only by him will anyone come, into, come be able to come into, unto the Father. Do you truly believe by faith that Jesus Christ is the Savior, the Son of the living God, and you have asked him to forgive you your sins, and you've accepted him as your personal Savior. You and only God know that. Would we pray? Our Heavenly Father, as we come now to the moment of our closing of this service, how grateful I am for the privilege of being able to share the word of God as, as uh, you've laid it upon my heart. But God, this is your message, not mine. 
to know that only in Jesus Christ can we have forgiveness of sin. We can't work for it. We can't buy it. We can't be good enough. God, only you and you alone, through the person of your son, Jesus Christ, through your mercy, forgives sin only when one by faith comes before your throne asking for forgiveness of sin and accepting the gift of salvation made possible by the Lord Jesus as the forgiveness of sin. Oh, God, I pray that if there's anyone in this room this morning that has not done this, that we're living in a day and time when God, it is becoming crucial to make certain that we are a part of the kingdom of God and that we are forgiven of our sins and that we have the fullness of Christ interceding in our behalf even now before the Father which is in heaven. God bless, I pray. And I ask you to lead this closing moment in Jesus' name. Amen.